0: Good evening. Welcome to episode six of Arlenfell's Norwich City Football Club. We meet again series, so this is the podcast that I'm sure you all know, uh, where we look back at the history between Norwich City and our next opponents. We look at all the big games, any historic matches, any significant moments, player connections, uh, anything really, anything to do with, uh, with Norwich and whoever we happen to be playing next. So, I'm joined by... Norwich City super fan and one of Norwich's most optimistic fans, <laughs> uh, Phil, aren't you? Uh,
1: yeah, That's I, what I was. I was. You're for your positive. <laughs> I death once upon a time, most positive Norwich <laughs> fan, yeah.
0: Where's the pint glass at the moment? Is it half full or uh,
1: half empty? I think the pint glass has rolled off the table and smashed on the floor, if I'm honest I'm
0: relying on you, Phil, to,
1: <sighs> I'm struggling. To lift my morale. i str- I mean, obviously, so this is just after the Watford game, isn't it? Um, It is, yeah. A bit
0: of context on it.
1: Yeah, the first four games, I could kind of take them. So this was the start of the season for us, wasn't it, at home against Watford?
0: But I want to, um, I think the fact that you mirrored what nearly every Norwich fan was saying and people, maybe not connected with the club, but probably people in the local Norfolk media, in that this was when our season started. But I think in a way that's, quite a bad attitude or quite a bad way to look at it. The season started at Liverpool at home. Yeah. It was almost like those four games were automatically written off. And I don't know if that's the right frame of mind to
1: whether that seeped through. Yeah, you're 100% correct. You're absolutely correct. But what I mean is from sort of my point of view that if we came out of those four games without many points or without any points, as was the case, that's not necessarily reason to panic you know it's like you know you target Watford at home okay, we've got a genuine chance against Watford at home we can make something happen in. obviously Leicester at home I think I predicted a win against Leicester but um, obviously was incorrect there but that was more optimistic than anything else but you're absolutely right yeah 100% those games teams in the same league as us we've got a legitimate chance of winning them so it is the wrong attitude yeah. I just felt that you know we had reasons why we didn't necessarily win them The problem is, as you're saying now, now we've lost to Watford at home, not only is it five games gone, we still look like we're struggling to find our best team. We've got a lot of new lads still looking like they're trying to fit in and trying to gel into a system. They're not quite sure about how to do that. And, um, you know, the season actually is ticking away a little bit, isn't it?
0: (laughs) It is. By the time this episode is released, we're going to have had another game under the belt, Everton away. Yeah. You know, it's more than conceivable that, It's going to be six on the bounce, and it's you just get in such a rut, don't you? That's we've said it before about the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, it it sops the energy out of you, doesn't it? Well, because you get in these spirals of decline, don't you? Yeah,
1: this is it, and I think it will be six on the bounce. But um, we've played Everton as well, I can't see us getting much there. I mean, if I'm honest with you, and this is going to be the most unoptimistic, depressing thing I've ever said, but. I genuinely cannot see where our next point is coming from. I just can't, I just don't know.
0: Are you already targeting the, the record low as the first objective for us to make sure we don't fall under Derby's 11?
1: Exactly that. But also, Is that
0: how low the ambitions have got?
1: It is now, yeah, absolutely. And Unf- unfortunately, it is. I mean, that's just the way well, it feels like at the moment. And I'm sure the boys will prove me wrong. And then if they turn it round, then absolutely brilliant. I mean, it has only been five games.
0: And you know what? I think all it takes is to get a win by any means possible mm. whether it it's fluke a goal and backs to the wall you know just come out with a 1-0 somewhere or or just get a break and you know I think it could change the season but it has to happen quickly funny enough it might have happened already because we might have beaten Everton and just remember last season after 5 games I don't know where we were, I mean, obviously we were better off than we are now, but we did have a slow start last year, don't we? I mean, it's, yeah, things do change. In, um, in
1: fairness, we have the last every season on the FARC, haven't we? Apart from the yeah. Ironically, apart from the Premier League season, we actually got off fairly quickly in the Premier League season.
0: Can you think of, outside of maybe the, the top six, where's the last place <laughs> you'd really want to go when your team's up against it, when morale's <laughs> low? Where you know you're feeling a bit weak, where wouldn't you want to go? I mean, to desperately try and get some points on the board. Who who can smell blood?
1: I mean, I'd hate to go anywhere between Blackburn and Preston, anywhere in that area. It's hideous, you know. (laughs) I mean, it's Burnley, isn't it? Without chucking myself off the football in Bridge here, like I just think they're a team that's going to cause us problems, aren't they? They're the physical, organised side, and we're not going to get much change out of them, and they're going to bully us. Do you think they're going to be
0: rubbing their hands at the current Farker norwich side going up there?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think at the moment, rightfully so, every team in the league will looking at when we got Norwich at home. Because, you know, that'll yep. get us going.
0: Yes. I don't think you could get worse timing than this trip to Turf Moor. Yeah, But, yeah, I guess stranger things have happened. But I've got here that... We've we've kind of had this quite glamorous start to the season, you know. It's now getting down to you know down to earth of a bump, isn't it? We're getting into the reality, and it's into that mini leagues that we talked about, isn't it? That we have to do better.
1: Exactly that, yeah,
0: yeah. And this has got a feel of Stoke, yep. in Series One. This episode, doesn't
1: it? <laughs> yep, big time.
0: <laughs> Where you were struggling, I mean, yeah. I guess fair play to Sean Dyche. First of all, he knows what the limitations are, doesn't he? I mean, he's They've spent less than us haven't they this year, way less actually.
1: I think so, but they probably haven't sold as much as us either. I know you only really sold Emmy Bundeir, but that's a big hole out of our side. Where they've not moved any of their stars on. They're quite an unglamorous side. I mean that respectfully. You don't tend to see yeah. them what they're doing too much from the news or whatever. Really, they made a couple of signings from the championship. <sighs> Sean Dyche knows how to maximise a squad. Is um, going to get as like I say organised. They're going to not ship goals particularly easy. I like Ben Me. I've always been a fan of Ben Me actually. I've had a, I've got a bit of a connection with Burnley, and I've I've seen them play quite a few times over the years, and uh, I've always been a fan of Ben Me. I did see Burnley under their brief Eddie Howe period. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> was, that was an odd time, wasn't it? I was, I was away at Burnley watching Burnley play Leicester in the Burnley home end in the season before Leicester went up to the to the Premier League. And, well, actually, sorry, the season before they yeah. both went up, and that was a particularly dire game. But yeah, uh, Sean Dice just knows how to get results. He's not a Sam Allardyce, in that he maximises what he's got.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is tarnished, I guess, with a a certain reputation, isn't he, which probably holds him back. That's why his name doesn't really pop up for any of the bigger jobs, does it? No, which Um, which I
1: think is a shame, because I think he's earned his chance to play at a higher level. Not a high level, obviously. Um, A higher, you know, bigger side.
0: Yeah, but you get the feeling that, we've talked about this before, haven't we, How certain...
1: Managers, just there's just that right fit, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And I don't, and, I don't even think it's particularly fair on Sean dies. it's not like he's got Burnley as a one-dimensional fug team, has he? And they're not Stoke. They're not a yeah. one-trick pony. They do play good football, but they they just know how to get. They also know how to get a result, as we saw last time we were in the Premier League. Yeah. I
0: suppose there's two points, and yeah, let's kick off with those last meetings, like we normally do. Now. I would describe, if Manchester City was the party, Burnley was the the hangover, wasn't it? Yeah, The hangover from hell. Mm -hmm. Now, again, do you think that was, in hindsight, probably the worst fixture we could have had following that Man City triumph? Because I think a lot of people expected us to go up there and turn them over. I think everyone got a bit blinkered by that Man City win, and almost, if we had had you know, maybe uh, an Arsenal at home after that or pretty much anyone else in the Premier League. Yeah. Maybe we could have built on it. Yeah. But that really was right back to earth, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that's it. So I didn't see that game. I was actually, ironically, when the game was going on, I was actually at Stansted Airport about to go to Malta with a load of people from Burnley. So who I was then stuck with for a week. (laughs) So that was obviously, you know, to, to lose to Burnley on that day was not... The best yeah. thing that I could have wished for in my life. Didn't really see it, but from what I gather, it was a little bit like the West Ham away game that season, where we didn't really lay a glove on them. Yeah, in a weird kind of way. Obviously, Man City is a better team than Burnley, but in a weird kind of way, Man City probably their style probably suits us more than Burnley does. You know, because they're going to let yeah, us. are going to leave gaps. They're going to let us our fullbacks get forward. You know, whereas the Burnley aren't going to do that. They first focus is to make sure we're not going to do anything they're going to block us out they're going to bully us i mean like aguero is a fantastic player and obviously any single human in the planet would have aguero over chris woods but chris wood is is something about him something in recent times we've really struggled against a big physical center half uh center forward sorry yes and i'd say probably we've struggled against forwards like that Probably since the day of Mulkey and Fleming, really.
0: Yeah, no, spot on.
1: And um, so, yeah, you're right. I think that was probably the worst possible fixture we could have hoped for. And so it proved to be. <laughs> Did,
0: yeah, it was just an eye opener. You're right. I think, I don't know if they played a lot better than us, but they certainly identified our weaknesses and played to their strengths. Yeah, we use that, that word bully, and Norwich have always been seen as a soft touch, haven't they? And Yeah. That, but I, kind of...
1: I think that's quite an important point you raised, actually. It's like a saying that Burnley wasn't necessarily much better than us. It was kind of the same with Watford. It wasn't that Watford outstripped us and looked like a better side than us, particularly. But what they did do is identify our weaknesses. And I thought this is the problem we had last time in the Premier League, is that it wasn't until lockdown it wasn't that we were playing badly against teams it's just our weaknesses were getting exploited in important moments of the game we were losing and that's exactly what it was like against Watford and that was exactly what it was against like against Burnley you know away
0: break that cycle isn't it that's the key yeah now if you thought that trip to Turf Moor was bad yeah it was I think it was even worse the home game it was the last home game of the, the season yep 18th of July you don't really expect to be knocking out the Premier League fixtures that deep into summer. No. <laughs> it was our our tenth consecutive loss. Now I'd stopped watching us by by then, but you were still putting yourself through the uh, through the torture. As I said, I didn't see the game, and from what I read, there was a point in that game where I think Emmy got sent off, or maybe Dremick got sent off, and we conceded. I think a minute later, and you almost thought, I cannot believe how bad this is getting this is almost getting outside the the realms of reality yeah every minute something seems to be going wrong and it continued I think was that the day Godfrey also scored a real real sort of awful own goal
1: yeah exactly that so that was um, Emmy got sent off just before half time which we all feared at the time would be the the last time we'd see Emmy obviously it's a three game ban so the next game was Man City then obviously we're into the next season so we thought that was it I'm and I remember, yeah, that was all just before half time. Again, we were competing, we were playing fine. Yeah. Emmy got dealt with professionally, got wound up, and his uh, temperament, unfortunately, got the better of him and lashed out and got sent off. It was the right decision. Yeah. Um, something that Emmy, to be fair, has probably learned from a little bit since then, but that was, you know, they did a number on him. Yeah. He went from being, you know, competing to the next thing, you know, we with, with 1 0 down to 10 men on the pitch and like. This is great. I think we lost 2-0, didn't we? I don't think we scored. No, we didn't score, did we? But yeah, Godfrey scored a known goal. And I remember him playing particularly well that game as well. It was, it was doubly harsh on him. So. Sorry, when did the other red card take place? Uh, the Drimish Red. Yeah. I don't think it was the same Yeah, that's that's. Was it the same game? It was, yeah. Yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd even forgotten a bit about that.
0: Don't do that to me, Phil.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I'd even, I'd even forgotten about that red card. Yeah, yeah no, Br- uh, Drimish got sent off as well. It was, it was just one of those games where it all went... It was just as bad as it could be, really. It's one of those games where, obviously, we're already relegated... Obviously, anything we had to play for was Pride. Let's just sign off of a win uh, because the next game was Man City Away, so let's just not worry too much about that one. And it was yeah. just dreadful, dire.
0: <laughs> and it's just trying to break that sequel, yeah. isn't it, which we're we still we're still trying to
1: break. We're still in that think. succession of defeats, um, yeah.
0: I mean, just one last point on that game. I'd certainly heard the, um, sort of the pinkin Chaps saying that, because it was obviously behind closed doors, they... It was really noticeable how Sean Deitch and his back staff were constantly in the ear of the fourth official and, and certainly challenging every every decision. And I think Burnley again played within the law, but I, I suppose you talk game management again, don't you? They were very clever. A bit like Stoke, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Game management a, a, is a new phrase, isn't it? It's come out in the last sort of like yeah. few years. It essentially means the dark arts, doesn't it? It's what we used to call like time wasting yeah. and yeah, and all that kind of exactly that. The Burnley players knew exactly what they were doing. They were in the ear the whole time. They just waited for Bundy to to, to make a mistake, yeah. and they made sure the referee knew about it. Exactly that, yeah. And it was like Stoke, like yeah. Stoke is the best comparison. Stoke got the best team I've ever seen at that. Constant three-quarter yeah. fouls, not quite enough for a yellow card, yeah. and uh, yeah, did what it had to do going forward. But actually, Burnley, they're not bad on the ball. They're not a bad footballing side. That's where they are different from Stoke.
0: Yeah, but I almost forgot there wasn't a third game against Burnley that season. Do you remember we actually beat them in the FA Cup? Yeah. It's really fallen under the radar, hasn't it? Yeah. And I, th- I think everyone would have traded that one in for three points, not that it would have made any difference in the long run.
1: Yeah, I do remember that one. I think branch had two assists, didn't he? I can't remember he scored. The, I'm pretty sure Dremic scored. I think uh, all's at Ruop.
0: Yeah, uh, Grant Hanley scored as well. Oh, that's right.
1: Grant Hanley scored ahead of early doors. Yeah. Obviously, ex Blackburn.
0: Moving on. Um, obviously, Burnley one one of the founding members of the Football League. Now, perhaps a bit unusual is that they last won the league actually as recently, and I say recently, it's a long time ago. But compared to some of their their northern neighbours. They won it in 1959-60 season, and it, I think it actually got them into Europe. It was like the, maybe the first ever sort of season of the European Cup. So they okay. were, you know, within living memory, league champions of of the country. Yeah. We were obviously regular, staying in Division III safe at the time. So, yeah, a real big contrast between the sides. But then it, it really flipped, and in the 80s, there was the sort of biggest gap between us. So we, in 86, 87, we finished fifth in Division One, And I don't know if you realise this, but they were on the brink of dropping out of the Football League. Yeah. I think it came down to a final day. Yep. Shootout. I remember at the time it was a big story as they were the first huge club with that background and that history to potentially become non-league. And, you know, the implications of that would have been huge. I guess one thing... I was going to sort of pick your brains on really, well, not pick your brains, but maybe mention that how, to me, that shows how football fortunes can really swing. Yeah. And I was looking at a few examples and I was thinking, when we were in League One, Bolton were in the Premier League. Yeah. Another example was I did an article a few years back and Brighton played Hereford. And again, the loser of that game was going to drop out of the Football League. Brighton are now fourth in the Premier League, Hereford are in the National League North. Yeah, 1997, was that, you know, 25 years ago? Yeah, not that long. That's probably why I'm always a bit conscious about giving our friends Ipswich too much stick because I, I'm just really conscious that football can, and this is why it's such a great game, isn't it? And what, what we love about it is that it can really swing, other than there's certain clubs in the Premier League that are protected, but everyone else, you just don't know where you can be. and. This is a bit of an eye-opener, file, but in theory, this time next year, so 12 months away, we could be below Cheltenham. We could be below Cambridge. Yeah. We could be below Morecambe. We could be below Accrington. Yeah. Because... If they go up and we go down, they have a good start to the season. We don't. Yep. <laughs> Hard to get your head around at the moment, isn't it? Well, it is.
1: I mean, I, I, I remember <laughs> looking through my sticker album back from like the first Premier League season or around that time. To, um, but some of the, just to try and cheer you up. Was yeah, it? yeah so, but some of the, the last few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Happy memories. <laughs> no, but like in, in you know towards the end of the, well Division One as it was then the beginning of the Premier, there were teams like Oldham in there, wasn't there? Luton, you know. Um, There was teams like Ipswich, you know, who have disappeared. uh, But no, but in all seriousness, uh, um, you're absolutely right. It could happen to any of us, and um, it will. We 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 touched on this kind of last season, didn't we? As well, when we're talking about there's actually some more glamorous ties in the championship, and even now in League One. I mean, you've got to say that back in the eighties, like Ipswich versus Sheffield Wednesday. I mean that's a big deal. So he talks about obviously like the Forest and the you know Derby and you know both Sheffields, are big sides and they're no in near the Premier League. So it can change quickly. Um and I think actually money in some ways is almost exaggerated that because you seem to have clubs which tend to try and bankrupt themselves to stay in the Premier League. And as soon as yeah. that moment comes where you slip out the Premier League, you're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah. And yeah. Look at Bolton, Wigan, you know, it's it could happen to any of us. So, yeah, you're right. You've got to be careful yeah, what you say.
0: <laughs> you made a really good a really good point, actually, that I have noticed over the more recent times, and it is because of the boom or bust, that some clubs have had more of a rapid fall, haven't they? Yeah,
1: exactly that. Get
0: it wrong, back-to-back relegations is not
1: unheard of. No, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's a tough one, isn't it? it? It seems to be, if you go down, you have to try and get back up again, first time of asking if you don't you're in trouble uh obviously we've managed to the last few you know last couple of times but it it isn't easy if you do start slipping as soon as you as soon as you lose that parachute money everything disappears doesn't it yeah. and it, yeah, yeah the big problem is you want to end up saddled with players you sign them in the premier league 24 25 26 year olds on, on good money all of a sudden you're a few years down the line in the championship with like 30 year olds who are on good money and you can't ship them on anywhere yeah so I get it, and but um, it is glorious. That's glorious thing about. We talked about this before. Renegation promotions, the lifeblood of football.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and this is a, sort of the perfect example of it. And I, as disheartening as it sounds, a little bit of me would quite likes the fact that we could be playing Cheltenham, or we could be playing uh, facing Wes could be coming back to Carrow Road with Cambridge. Yeah, I, um, I'm with you. <laughs> it's different teams, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose the only other point I was going to make back in 86, 87, there's a player connection here, and it's not one that you would remember yourself playing at Carrow Road. Um, You would probably see him as being Alex Ferguson's
1: right-hand man for many years. Mike Phelan, did you
0: know he was an ex- Norwich player and a Norwich Hall of Famer actually.
1: Yeah, and he was a Norwich player and I knew he was a Burnley player as well because of our Burnley connections. Or so that one always read its head. I never yeah. saw him play quite right, but a fantastic player by all accounts.
0: Well, the fact that he was our captain when we finished fifth. Now, we signed him the the season before that actually from Burnley. Um, he'd made 168 appearances for the Clarets, and he beat that. He actually made more appearances for Norwich before he got his big money move to Man United Yeah, and played in the Premier League with Man United. I suppose anything that that kind of shows that you don't see so much of these days is a player being purchased from the bottom end of you know League Two as it is today, Division Four as it was back then, coming straight into a, a Premier League or First Division side and being competitive, do well, more than competitive, doing well. You don't quite see that jump now, do you?
1: Not often. Obviously, I think Jamie Vardy did it, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did. Um,
1: and obviously, there's players like Ricky Lambert and Grant Holt who kind of progressed up the leagues with a team to find that to get into the Premier League. Yeah. But yeah, you're quite right. You don't often see players plucked from, you know, league two as it'd be now and straight into a Premier League side. That's quite unusual. Yeah. you would normally no. get farmed out on loan for a few seasons somewhere, wouldn't they?
0: That's it. You're right, actually. it's a really good point. I guess... Mike Phelan, if that happened today, we would probably have loaned him back to Burnley.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: For a season, or he probably would have been bought as a squad player, yeah. or a development player. We touched on this earlier, and we're going to a bit more depth now. So we only played them briefly in Division 1 in 73-74, and we beat them. So it's not all bad news. Although that was our last victory before we got relegated. Ah. <laughs> right. you know. Okay, so we did beat them, but but we went, we also went down. Okay, so 2013, 14, we went down. So that was under Chris Hewton. Yep. they went up. Yeah, 2014, 15. So the following season, we went up through the playoffs, and they went down. Yeah, and then we went down 2015, 16 under Alex Neal, and they went up. Yep. So we kept missing each other. Yep. Yeah, like I say, we did touch on this, but I thought that was. A good opportunity to talk about you you said game management was a, a new phase in football yeah. and, and this is another one that if you'd have said this back in the 80s people would, would have thought you were mad because it doesn't really mean anything yeah but the yo-yo the yo-yo club
1: yeah
0: oh what does the yo-yo do goes up and down goes up and down <laughs> <because> the string
1: <laughs> breaks and the w- <laughs> relies on division no
0: burnley did it to an extent as that that shows they did what we did. They stuck with Deutsch on relegation, and they almost factored in that they were going to get relegated that season. I don't think they invested a great deal, but they knew that they would come back stronger because you know they, they didn't have any financial issues. They didn't go for broke. Yeah, they went straight back up. I think they went back up as champions, and you know they've they've stayed up ever since. We're stuck in this. I've called it a time warp. Now I don't really know how to describe it. Firstly it's not a strategy is it no one Norwich don't plan to no one plans to be a yo-yo club no one plans to get relegated no exactly but we are stuck in this this cycle of madness now aren't we especially if we go down again
1: yeah uh, we are and how do you what do you do <laughs> it's a genuinely tough tough question to answer isn't it I mean because one day the cycle will stop and it all depends where you are doesn't it yeah that's it? the risk and so yeah. i mean i don't hate it actually from honest with view it's like i mean at the end of the day we're not going to win the premier league anytime soon so kind of yeah. having a season in the championship and trashing it and it's all good fun but it can't go on forever i don't know what the, i don't know what the what the solution is really because even teams like wolves for example who you know a couple of seasons ago you'd have said absolutely cemented premier league established club all of a sudden, they look like they could go down at any minute, you know? Maybe not quite yeah. that bad, but Newcastle, they can't get established, really. I mean, West Ham, West Ham another team that one minute could finish fourth, and the next season they could be relegated. We, How do you establish yourself? It's just so hard, I don't know. So you're
0: almost saying that every club's a yo-yo club, it's just we do it to extremes, but some clubs do four or five seasons in the top five, yeah. and then a few seasons and down below. Maybe it's... Natural in football.
1: I guess so. I guess I'm kind of saying that. But I, I suppose what I mean is that the issue is trying to establish ourselves in the Premier League. I think we're a well-run club. I think our approach financially is financially sensible. And I think that's allowing us to continue to be competitive when we go back down to the, to the Championship. Uh, it's just I don't see how we can stay there like long-term. I just look around would, and think, who can establish themselves in this league? Leicester's, you would know, you rather...
0: Yeah, Leicester is club that's really broken that ceiling. Yeah, hasn't exactly. It? Now, would you rather have maybe like Stoke have seven or eight consecutive seasons in the Premier League and then drop down and have a few, you know, a few seasons in the Championship, rather than this one season up, one season
1: down? I, I want to win something. I want to win something important. And so we've probably got not the Premier League on the head. That's unlikely to happen. So if you're looking at really the FA Cup or the League Cup, and the best way to be competitive is to have a Premier League quality team. So I'd like us to stay in the Premier League long enough to get a team competitive enough to get to a final. That's what I'd like. So from that point of view, I guess I was saying I'd like to see the Stoke model. But I don't know if they ever... Did, yeah. did they get to an FA Cup final? I can't remember now. I don't think they did, did they? Got to, they... they
0: No, they did get to the final. Yeah. Yeah, they lost to Man City okay. back in 2011. But yeah, I t- I'd take your point in that, yeah, you'd probably rather us have a consecutive period in the Premier League where we can establish ourselves, have a good cup run, get to a final, even win it. Yeah. Dare I say. And then mm. take relegation on the chin and, and say, okay, we we've had our full of Premier League. No, we can take a few years. Yeah. Rebuilding down below. My last thought on it is what do you think the reaction of Norwich fans would be? When we went down last time round, I think there was still a bit of positivity in that we enjoyed the 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 championship win the two seasons before that. Yeah. That's increasingly if we keep doing this, I think it there's going to be an increasing edge coming off it an increasing Lack of stomach to be back in the championship. If that yeah phase makes any sense.
1: I think that's a fair point. Also,
0: like, how would you feel if if we were back in? Would you feel different than you did when we went back last season?
1: Yeah, um, that's an interesting point, really. I mean, the thing is that I think football fans generally don't care what where they are no they do that's not entirely true i think a lot of fans aren't that worried where we are as long as we're winning or <laughs> being competitive and if that means being back in yeah. the championship so be it and a genuine chance of winning it but yeah you're quite right there's only so many times you can go down win the league come up again get relegated go down win it before mm. you start questioning what is the point point. <laughs> and, and like oh, no. you... but i mean it does become a point It's like you know win the championship that's great yeah. but Kind of why we're just going to be back here in a season, it does become a little bit pointless. really. Yeah. and I think you're right. I think if you keep going down and up and down and up, I think it's going to get to a point where just you do run out of energy for it.
0: Yeah, almost the price of promotion gets diminished with each time, yeah, that you're in the championship. Um, and we kind of heard um, a few
1: like wittering other fans this year. Uh, last season, about the fact that oh, Norwich kind of going to the Premier League, don't really have a go at it, come back and trash the Championship. You're sort of ruining the Championship for everyone else, you know. Uh, I don't agree with that particularly, but I kind of see where they're coming from. It's a little bit like what it's like for us in the Premier League with Man City rock up. you are like, well, what's the point? We can't compete with these guys. Yeah. I, I, so I do get it. It's kind of, I think teams like West Brom, Norwich, Fulham, they're kind of taking the fun out of the Championship for people.
0: Yeah, I think us in West Brom in particular, we're. And, and Fulham, yeah. I mean, we're three clubs on the very, very same pathway, aren't we? If, in this no-man's land between Premier League. And they call it, we want to be within the top 25 clubs in the
1: country. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's exactly where that we are.
0: Yeah, It's just that we're in the bottom five of
1: those it, top 25 exactly. in the country. Uh, absolutely. That is absolutely correct. You know, we're probably, you know, 18th, 19th, twenty, you know, whatever. Um, and that's the thing. And so it, just keep going down when uh, because it didn't use the yo yo club, has always has been a phrase used for a while now. But it's actually, uh, there's not been that many teams which actually go down and come straight back up again. It's been that's a newer. I know West Brom yeah. done it quite a bit, and West Brom were probably the original yo yo club. But that's it's only the last sort of thing. The percentage is quite low, isn't it? Yeah, it's only of last clubs
0: that bounce straight back up.
1: This is it. It's only really the last 10 years that teams really have actually got you know, like Norwich, West Brom and Fulham, actually have established themselves as kind of like a proper yo-yo team and actually have found that league between a championship and a Premier League.
0: I mean, the only answer is to for the Football League to create a whole new league. Yeah. Like a Premier League 2. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Or European Super League and get the top six oh. out. Hang on, that's a, no, I've, I've, I've come out with Pro Super League. Where did that come from? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, you heard it here first. I'm not, I'm not really just um, I agree with you. I think the big thing is that a little bit of the the prize of promotion, I think, gets chiselled away yeah. to an extent the more you're going through this cycle. Because next year, as good as it would be if we did bounce straight back up, there was going to be more. I think this season people thought, yeah, we had a really tough time two years ago, but we could put it right. Yeah. If we don't put it right, what are people going to be thinking? Next time around, we're on the verge of promotion. Yeah. It's always going to, it's almost going to be, is it worth it, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Uh,
0: we haven't met Burnley much, but a few big games to throw at you, fam. All within your memory. Okay. 2001, 2002. Yes. Our first playoff season. And we pipped Burnley to that final sixth place, so the last place in the playoffs. Yep. By one goal. Yeah. That was it. Yep. The finest of margins No, we beat them 2-1 That year And we got a 1-1 draw So that obviously You know You could pick any goal That season, Phil, but Yeah <laughs> Do you know which Ex-England legend Was in Burnley's Midfield that season? Uh, he was Pretty much Coming to The end of his career As that That kind of indicates
1: uh, Wasn't uh, Not Darren Anderson Nicky Barnby, was it? uh uh-uh. No, it was uh, Gaza Really Yes, Gaza was playing that year, or he played part of that season. I had no idea. I know I remember Ian Wright played for Burnley, but I did not know Gaza played for Burnley.
0: Uh, oh, well, I'd forgotten that Ian Wright had played, so that's that's one-one <laughs> between us. Um, any more big X pros you can throw into the hat to seal the win
1: uh, for Burnley? Uh, uh, yeah, Dean Marnie. <laughs>
0: no uh, I'm not giving you Oh, Oh Peter one.
1: Crouch obviously did um, uh, you know because it counts as a big name but he, he is a big name obviously
0: yeah and this is uh, a bit spooky but I'm about to mention yeah,
1: him there we go. so the,
0: the 13th of September 2003 yeah Burnley at home and it's a, a game that I went to it was very notable for a trio of new debutants mm-hmm. so it was Darren Huckabee's first game yep it was uh, Crouchy's first game. Yes, and I've got in brackets. Do you remember the third foul?
1: Uh, I'm going to go for Mateus Svensson.
0: No, he he played a big part that season, and I'll mention him in a minute. It, no, it, I mean it's a tough one as he didn't really have. Well, no one had the impact that Huckerby had, and Crouchy was a big name. Yeah, but it was a it was a player called Kevin Harper who I think we got oh. from Portsmouth. Yeah,
1: I do remember him now. I wouldn't have got that, though, in 100 years.
0: So we beat them 2-0. Yeah. Peter Crouch scored that game. And, yeah, talking about bad starts, again, that season that we won the, the championship, yeah, we had a really slow start. I don't know what our points t- total was by the 13th of September, but the fact that we got those three in suggested that we need we were looking for a spark. And we certainly got it. I mean, our season completely changed at that point. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you, you know, you remember that turning point. But I didn't know if you realised it was Burnley at home that that was the first game that they they came in.
1: No, I, I did. not I, I remember the second game a bit in a bit more detail because that was a bit of a cracker, wasn't it? Yes,
0: it was. And talking about Svensson, I think he might have got a hat trick that day, or he was certainly on the score sheet. Yeah, we beat them five three at our first yeah. ever win at Turf Moor. Was it really? I think we blew them off the park. First ever win. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I said that this episode could be a bit of a downer. <laughs> yeah, Turf Moor, it's not a happy hunting ground for us. And does that surprise
1: you? Uh, not really. I can't remember but, too many victories against Burnley. Well, ironically, I can remember that one and a couple of FA Cup games we've won. Obviously, when we're yeah. about, I think we beat them four 0 at home under Paul Lambert. But yeah, we did. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was in the FA Cup. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, good opportunity to talk about. Is it Matthias Svensson? Yeah yeah what do, you, what do you remember of him hey, did he only play really that seat no he, he, he was in the Premier League wasn't he under Worthington as well
1: I, yeah I think he was but he didn't get much of a look in, if I remember rightly so I, I presume we'd got um Dean Ashton in or were getting him in and obviously had Leon McKenzie as well hadn't was floating around as well wasn't he
0: he also scored in the five three yeah
1: I, I remember Matthias Svensson being an ideal player for that championship season he was an older kind of experienced pro and just knew how to get goals in that championship season I was very impressed of him yeah I thought he was a great player for us um, what was your recollection of him
0: yeah the same actually I think he scored a lot of goals and a lot of big goals
1: that year yeah I remember just scoring some I think important he, goals yeah
0: I think he's one of these players that's a bit underrated and he, he he just wasn't as high profile as McKenzie or or Huckabee yeah or Ethan Crouch when, when he was there but yeah, I mean he certainly um, certainly scored some big and important goals. And I, like I said, I'm sure he scored in the Premier League as well. So a really decent striker. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree, yeah.
0: I'm going to dampen the mood. So mm-hmm. <laughs> So this is in October 2006. Yeah. It's a sky cameras so they can smell blood. Yeah. We were struggling. We were sp- you know we had a great squad that that got down and we kept most of that squad in place and we had an awful start that year this is the risk we were talking about earlier about that yo-yo strategy in that at some point you're not going to automatically bounce straight back up exactly we were in a real real downward spiral and then guess who turns up at carrow road burnley to um <laughs> when Nigel Worthington's really under the cosh, and they beat us
1: 4-1. Yeah, that day. I remember the game.
0: I don't know if you, you remember it, do you? And Worthington was gone within hours of the final whistle. Yeah. Some games you almost know what's going to happen, don't you?
1: It's just, the the problem is, just, I mean, like, I'm very much of a... I mean, obviously tactics do are important and everything like that, but at the end of the day, a team with a better players usually wins. But it isn't always the case. And I, and I thought that season was, like you said, we had a pretty strong squad. And I remember, but we just looked like a team who were just devoid of ideas and enthusiasm, really. I, I remember that game thinking that Robbie Earnshaw was the only player that really came out of that game with any credit. And other than that, we looked like a team. they like a team of just trying to get rid of the manager, basically.
0: Yeah, you always get these games, don't you? I think every every manager has these defining moments where you just know your time's up, don't you? And, and
1: unfortunately, that was it. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Burnley weren't, you know, they were probably mid-table at best that season. and Yeah, for them to put four past us uh, at Carrow Road is uh, a real big deal. And them, um, it would almost be the same this year. I don't want to tempt fate, but if, if a team like Burnley puts four past us at Carrow Road, Later in the year, you almost fear for Daniel Falk, wouldn't you, if he's still around?
1: Yeah, I mean
0: tipping points in it.
1: It's a real tough one. I don't know what to make. I don't know what to make of it because, like, you can feel the tide turning against him a little bit now. Maybe unfairly, but I'm not sure. But yeah, that was definitely one of those games where you just you, the writing was on the wall for Worthy. The yeah. team, for whatever reason, weren't playing well. They, the squad, was far better than how we were performing but obviously Worthington yeah. went and we never really improved. And in fact, we just got spent the next few years just getting slowly poorer and poorer. But yeah, I remember Huckabee talking about that and talk about his frustrations with that team, because he was basically saying that, you know, we're a decent side. We're just one or two players away from being at a challenge at the top of the league, but we were that close, but we, we just couldn't get those players in. and uh, how frustrated he was. And I think that's probably fair. But yeah, I remember that game and I remember it being pretty dire and I remember it just felt like the end of an era, which indeed it was.
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, final thoughts. The only one I was going to mention, there's uh, quite a big player connection actually between Norwich and Burnley. He's still at Burnley actually, Robbie Brady. Yes. We signed him for 7 million in July 15. Yeah. Was that, that would have been the same pre-season that the Wolf signed. Yeah. I think. It was, yeah. Because, yeah, we went yeah we went down. He, so he, he obviously fell under the radar a bit. Yeah. But I think it's a, a sign that we were, you know, this phase that you hear a lot in football now, we were, we were giving it a go, weren't we, that summer? Yeah. To get him in. I think we signed him from Hull. Yeah. Who had gone down the season before. You would have seen a lot more of him than, than I did. What did you think of him? I, I got the impression... He's one of these players that kind of never quite hit the expectations and potential, but at the same time wasn't a complete disaster.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I thought he was a decent player. I, I just feel he's another one of his players. He probably falls into the top championship sort of category. Do you know what I mean? He's got It's right. he's, he's got all the ability there. His, his Oh, he did have. He was quite fast. He, he, he was a nice passer of the ball. Was he a winger? Yeah, he was. And he's skillful. Yeah, he had a lot going for him. He just didn't quite have that one kind of standout feature, which made him a Premier League quality player. And I think probably showing, because he hasn't played much at Burnley, has he? He's kind of come in and been a bit of a no. bit part player. Uh, yeah, I, I rated him. I think he was a good player. And I thought we did have done well to keep hold of him in the championship, which obviously wasn't to be. So a shame we couldn't do that. Um, but yeah, he. Like I say, the fact he can't really get in a Burnley team, he hasn't really consistently got in a Burnley team. probably tells you yep. what you need to know. It's, it's just not quite that Premier League level. Am I right in thinking
0: he got played at fullback a few times? And I remember that being a bit controversial whether yeah he could quite do it there.
1: Yeah, basically that he was one of those players. who kind of he's it, almost like one of those sort of like midfielders. He's not quite there, so they end up ends up being played at sort of fullback. And which is probably a little bit unfair in him, really, because he isn't a fallback. Uh, he sort of seems to be sort of making room for him in the squad. Um, yeah, he's a good player, but he, he wasn't a standout. I, mean, I think he scored a goal away against West Brom. He was there with Snodgrass as well, on Snodgrass there, who I thought was a good yeah. player. It, it just was just wasn't quite there. It just didn't quite have that X factor about him. Would you
0: would you have him in the uh, Nathan Redmond?
1: Category? No, I thought Nathan Redmond's much better. I'm a bit of a fan of Nathan Redmond, actually. I think Nathan Redmond is sort of like a next level up. As I've, He's gone on to sort of have a decent Premier League career, hasn't he, Nathan Redmond?
0: Yeah, I guess I was thinking purely for Norwich. I know some fans thought Redmond was a bit like Robbie Brady in terms of he, he was generally maybe a bit inc- inconsistent and never quite you know, became a star at Norwich like he was expected to be. Yeah,
1: I mean, I personally thought Redmond's big problem was that um, both times he's in the Premier League, he was a little bit isolated. He used to get the ball forward quite a bit. His fans seemed to get on on his back for he'd kind of get in half, get over the halfway and, and check back a little bit and not carry on driving. Yeah. I could kind of see why. He kind of like looked at the pitch in front of him, full of opposition players and no Norwich players. It was it's it, it hard for him to thrive in that environment. I thought he was a good quality player. I personally I personally thought that Redmond's Norwich career was better than Brady's, a lot better. I'd have Norwich Redmond over Norwich Brady any day the other week.
0: Brilliant, what a quote. <laughs>
1: no, yeah, Burnley, it was actually
0: Burnley's record signing. Really? Um, and I don't know if that still stands. Yeah, 13 million. Okay. Well, Probably a good bit of business then yeah. for us. Yeah. That was it for from my side. Unless you've got any particular Burnley memories you want to bring up, probably not. Yeah,
1: they're a team we've avoided a lot, as you pointed out. But I remember in the under Paul Lambert, I remember we drew two two at home with them. I've got a feeling we were two 0 down. Uh, we were certainly losing, and uh, Andrew Croft scored a, a very like last minute equaliser. And then I remember Burnley then beating us quite easily at their place. It was like 2-0 or something. It was one of the few defeats yeah. in the running. That was that was round about um, February time. So yeah. It was the day of my 30th birthday party. I think it, that was actually when Norwich were picking up, playing really well. I remember going there and we got turned over quite easily. I'm like, ah, great.
0: <laughs> Do you think me and you are going to tick off Turf more or far? Ground list one day.
1: Grounds to go to. Yeah. I've ticked it off, mate, and I've got no intention of re-ticking it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've done Blackburn so, and Burnley, actually. Enough. Um, no, I'll, if it comes up, we'll do it. Not we're, for this game we're not going to, but yeah, I mean, I well, was happy for an away day.
0: Well, I've done Blackburn and Preston, so, you know, between between the two of us, we've got the uh, <laughs> the three covered up. Yeah. So, last but by no means least... The, uh, the dreaded score predictions. I'm oh. Oh, an optimistic foul on
1: this one. All right. 2-0 <laughs> to Burnley. 2-0 to Norwich. I cannot see us getting anything out of it. I'm, I'm afraid to say. I'm going 2-0 Burnley. Can you not build a case? Yeah, I could build a case. Yeah, I mean, any, yeah. but I just don't think it would be an accurate one.
0: <laughs> you know what? I think and I know this is going to be released after the Everton game, but I think we've got more chance of getting something against Everton than we have Burnley.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm playing catch-up against you after your Man City <laughs> um, <laughs> triumph. So there's no point in me really going 2-0. The,
1: the big problem is that um, if we predict defeats, we're going to be right more often than not, aren't we? That's the sad fact of it.
0: In my head, I'm trying to a case for a 1-1 like a gritty draw uh, it can I mean,
1: happen I mean
0: you know uh,
1: yeah I mean Burnley have been they've been a bit off
0: the pace I mean I think the first half against Arsenal apparently they were awful yeah I mean I think Dyche was running down the tunnel to get at them but they then they put in a good performance in the second half I
1: think that could probably have um I think he'd stand up to Chris Woods quite well
0: yeah I'm, I'm going to go 1-1 alright no
1: I like it like it yeah is that our definition of positivity, though? Scraping a 1-1 draw away at Burnley is what we describe as positive now.
0: Yeah, because basically that's what that's what we say the Premier League's... That's all it boils down to now, isn't it? Every club desperately trying to get a 1-1 at Turf Yeah,
1: basically, yeah. <laughs>
0: that's what it I is. I mean, the
1: only thing I can... Any crumb of comfort I can find is that I don't think we won a game in the Premier League under Worthington until December, did we? It was late in the season anyway. Uh, we still, you're we, right, we Phil. We still went down, but only just.
0: You're right. It was certainly getting deep into November, and I think we beat um, Southampton or Bolton. Yeah. Uh, you know, one win, and we're we're not cut off. One win, and we're you know well, we're,
1: fifth, sixth. We're bottom. only twelve points off the top at the moment,
0: which is four wins. Oh, well, hang on. And how many or games we Fifteen,
1: yeah, go? Or, or thirteen. Yeah, yeah, it's four. It's four wins. So we, we've got time to overhaul Liverpool. Don't worry.
0: If we were to last scenario you before we say our goodbyes, if we were to win the Premier League this season, how bigger achievement would that be based on our start?
1: Well, I mean, so put it this way: so we've already so it's thirty-eight games this season, isn't there? We've, we've had five, so it's thirty-three left. Um, at, at three points a game, that's 99 points. Um, Bearing in mind that Man City normally get about 99 points, we need to win every single game we have this season left, even to stand a chance of winning the league. <laughs> so it would be quite a monumental achievement.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, on, on that note, I'm going to say goodbye. So thank you very much, Joel. Um, yeah, as if... We got the triple whammy of disappointment because, you know, not only a Norwich bottom and um, it's Burnley next, but also we've had to do this on Zoom, haven't we? Yeah. Rather than the um, enjoyable surroundings of the the studio. the Halston studio. So, but next time we do this, hopefully it will be face-to-face again and hopefully City will have a few points on the board. And football's like that, isn't it? Suddenly, it could, we could be in a very different place yeah. we? when we do our next records.
1: And the one good thing about being at the bottom is <laughs> <laughs> sound a bit mean quite okay, But it, the thing is, at the top of the of the league, as we well know from last season, you have to win basically every game just to stay where you are. Whereas, actually, at the bottom of the league, if we win, if we go away and beat Everton and Burnley away, all of a sudden we're halfway at the table. You know, a couple of good results, and all of a sudden you're flying. It is, that is all it takes at the bottom of the league and you know we'd have six points from seven games if we did that and you know you're thinking to yourself oh, well, we actually want a track to stay up so so that's yeah, my positive spin yeah. it doesn't take much let's, it just takes a couple of good results and, you, and you're flying
0: let's end on the positive yeah fantastic
1: alright Phil well, thank you very much for your time good to speak you to you you mate thank you very much we'll catch you next time